Why are Michelle and I high on DK Metcalf and Sky Moore in our wide receiver rankings? And why are we low on Brandon Ayuk and Gabe Davis? It's time to break it down right here and right now as we begin another edition of Locked On Fantasy Football. You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily NFL fantasy podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm one of your co-hosts, Vinny Ironwood. Now, doing this, I'm the NFL and Fantasy Football Senior Writer at SportingNews.com. Hey, hey, I'm Michelle Majuke, researcher at NFL Network and fantasy analyst at NFL.com. Yeah, Michelle, I'm so excited. It is finally here, week one of the 2023 NFL regular season. That means fantasy football season is about to kick off tonight. Chiefs and Lions, we have some exciting things to get to about today's game namely sky Moore. we teased him at the top here we're still waiting on travis kelsey is he going to play their reports are more optimistic as we count down toward the game but we'll see what you can do if you're worried about travis kelsey and you're sweating playing him or george kittle this week so we'll look at the tight end rankings as well so we'll get you all set up with these two positions and flex if you're looking at either for that here on today's show thanks again for making locked on fantasy football your first listen every day we're your destination to become the smartest fantasy football player in the league, part of Lockdown Network, your team every day, your fantasy football team every day. This episode of Lockdown Fantasy Football is brought to you by our crossover Thursday on the network and prize picks. It's the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepicks.com slash LockdownNFL and use the code LockdownNFL, all lowercase, for a first deposit match up to $100. All right, Michelle, we got to dive right in. I'm excited. I like wide receivers because that's where you get to make a lot of your decisions here on a weekly basis because you hopefully have a lot of good problems here where you're deciding between a lot of guys. So let's start right here near the top. And we both like DK Metcalf. I have him as a conservative ranking here at 15, but you have him all the way up. Michelle, explain why you love DK Metcalf this week. Yeah, so I have him at wide receiver seven. You know, just at the just to get through the top of our rankings here at wide receiver, you're obviously playing your Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, C.D. Lamb, Amon Ross, St. Brown, Stephon Diggs, Garrett Wilson, A.J. Brown. Those guys, we have them all ranked high. Devontae Adams, you're playing them, right? But D.K. Metcalf is one that I have ranked right among these guys right towards the top. I think he's going to have a huge week against the Rams defense. I talked a lot about that defense yesterday when I said I was super high in playing Geno Smith. I don't think they have any defenders or secondary pieces that are going to be able to guard both DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. I have Tyler Lockett ranked as my wide receiver 14. So I am super high on both of these two players. I think Jackson Smith to Jigba would be a risky play this week, um, but He's also a viable option, just way riskier than Metcalf and Lockett, who you know will be involved. But we've known Metcalf to be such that deep receiver, right? He can make those huge plays, and the Rams give up huge plays and then lost a ton of starters, and they have so much inexperience on their their entire defense and their secondary. So I think this is just going to be a beatdown, and I love both of these wide receivers for the Seahawks this week. 
Yeah, I like both of them too. I just have them a little bit lower just because I'm concerned how bad the Rams are going to be in this game. I mean, they're not going to have Cooper Cup there. Are they going to be throwing a ton? I don't know if there's going to be a lot of volume from Geno Smith. So really, let's hope that Metcalf and Lockett get in the end zone early because I don't know if they're going to get a lot of work in the second half. I think Seahawks should roll the Rams here for sure. So I like it because DK Metcalf's going to look around. Where's my old friend Jalen Ramsey? He's not talking my face. There's no one here. I don't know these guys at corner, and he's going to have a field day here. So, yeah, I remember those battles. It was used to be epic between him and Ramsey. Now those are gone. Now he's facing really inexperienced corners here. Same thing with Tyler Lockett. So I think that JSN injury also helps these guys because they won't want to rush the rookie into action. I think the same thing, it helps Kenneth Walker because I don't think Zach Charbonnet, with his injury, they're going to work him in too much. This is going to be kind of a walkover game, I think, for the Seahawks, and yeah, Get all the Seahawks in your lineup for sure. And uh, I feel like DK Metcalf a lot in DFS this week because he's one of those guys that can blow up. We know big plays and touchdowns, and uh, Gino is someone we're going to look at as well. So we'll get into that. The other uh, wide receiver that uh, we really think we love this week is Mike Williams. And we've been talking about Mike Williams quite a bit here this offseason, but it's the Dolphins secondary. Speaking of Jalen Ramsey, he's not out there. He's on IR right now. So if you're looking around, they're going to look around for him. He's not on Miami yet. They do have Xavier Howard, but I look at Xavier getting a little bit older there. You also like Mike Williams in this Calamore offense. I think he's going to thrive right out of the gate. This can be a high-scoring game. And again, I, I think Mike Williams makes for a fine play. I think he can blow up here with 100 and a touchdown. Yeah, and that's what he exactly what he did last year against the Dolphins in week 14. That was not that long ago. He had 116 yards and a touchdown against this Dolphins secondary last year. And like you said, there's no if Jalen Ramsey was there, maybe I'd be a bit nervous that this Dolphins defense is going to take this big step forward. But they allowed the eighth most passing yards last year and passing touchdowns. So I, like I'm not worried about this matchup whatsoever. It should be a high-scoring game, and I, I want Mike Williams in my lineup. Now, one guy we differ on, though, you have Devonta Smith, super high. You have him at wide receiver nine, so you are saying he is a must-play this week, and you expect greatness out of him. I have him lower at wide receiver twenty. I'm still saying, you know, he's a good wide receiver too, or he he could be a decent one. Why are you so high on Smith this week against the Patriots? Well, I'll tell you this. I think the Patriots, we know what they do, right? They try to take what the opponent does well. Now, they're pretty good run defense in their base, so they'll hope that'll hold up here against the new running backs by committee for the Eagles. But then you look where else they might look to take away someone. I think it's A.J. Brown. The big plays there downfield. Christian Gonzalez, the rookie, looks fantastic. I wouldn't be surprised if he – really gets after Brown and coverage quite a bit here. They have very good secondary. We know that. So I think they're going to make taking away those big plays to Brown the priority because if you give up those big plays downfield to Brown, you're done for. You're not going to catch up against the Eagles. So that's why I like Devonta Smith. He's a good technical route runner. He can get inside, maybe get schemed open a little bit here as well. So I think it's more a product of the matchup that again, we know that they like to take away the number one option. Brown is there. So I think it's going to be a nice game for not only Devonta Smith, but a certain tight end. We'll get into that in our final segment here. But I just like Smith, again, playing off Brown. And he's had a lot of big games that way. I think he's been excellent playing off Brown and the coverage attention he gets downfield. 
Yeah, I I don't know. I just think I'm going to regularly have Devonta Smith ranked around wide receiver 20. It wasn't super high in him this offseason. So like weeks one through 12 only averaged 12 points per game in PPR. And then weeks 13 through 18, it went all the way up to 20 points per game. So everyone's super excited about what he may be. But so many of those weeks coincided with Dallas Goddard out or with Gardner Minshew at quarterback. Like Minshew really favors Smith, right? In the few starts we've seen him over the last couple of years. Um, so until I see consistency out of him when everyone's healthy out there, I'm, I'm just kind of going to have him ranked towards more 20 than top 10. But he, you're right. Like if they do take away A.J. Brown, then Smith should have a pretty solid game. Another guy you're much higher on than I am. It's Calvin Ridley. You have him at 10. I have a wide receiver 24. I think he's a risky play. Like he hasn't played in over 600 days, right? It's been a really long time. He's in a brand new offense. Not a matchup where they necessarily need to throw a ton. You like against the Colts, you would think that the Jaguars are going to be able to handle themselves. I don't know how much they'll be throwing. There's so many weapons in that offense. He could be wide receiver 10, but I also think he could end as wide receiver 40 this week. So I kind of went in the middle there. Yeah, I feel like what they did last year immediately, they put Christian Kirk on display to say, We got this new guy, we're going to put him out there. And the Colts corners, I think uh, they can probably look at the Rams corner and say, we, we don't know who you are either. I don't know who you guys are. There's no more Stefan Gilmore in Indianapolis. There's just no one out there. So I think they want to get Calvin Ridley involved here again. He's the new toy. Get him into the flow of the offense here. I, I like Christian Kirk in this game as well. They do have one good corner. He plays on the inside, Kenny Moore. But I think Christian Kirk might see a little bit more of an outside role. So I do like Ridley and Kirk this week with Lawrence. And if I'm going to go with a trio – in DFS at some point. I like that combination. I think they're going to be unleashing this uh, new dynamic offense on the Colts. So that that's kind of where I'm standing there, Michelle. I just think Ridley is a, a special talent. They want to display that early, and uh, the Jaguars want to make a little bit of statement, I think, in that division as well. So I, I like that. And uh, look, Michelle, I, I know you uh, threw some shade here, Devonta Smith, but this guy is pretty special. He won the Heisman, you know that. And so I he was pretty consistent and explosive. An incredible talent. I really do. I think yeah. he's an incredible talent, and I wish he was utilized more consistently, right? But he's on an offense that has A.J. Ron and Dallas Goddard, and you never know which kind of day it's going to be for these guys. He just hasn't shown consistency in fantasy. I think he's an amazing yeah. talent. Another guy who's an amazing talent does not get the respect even from you, it's Deontay Johnson of my Steelers. You have him ranked pretty low this week, wide receiver 27. So you're still saying he's a, you know, an okay flex play. Maybe throw him there in there as wide receiver two. I am up there. It's wide receiver 19. I think that's even a little too low. I'm not worried about the 49ers matchup whatsoever. I know you hear 49ers and you think good defense. Their secondary is really not that good. Right. And now that Nick Bose is playing, that defensive line and the pressure, it will help them. It helps their secondary. But even last year, they allowed the fifth most fantasy points to wide receivers. And also when you just look at how, how much they're allowing open receivers. So they allowed 3.8 yards of separation on average to wide receivers last year. Only the Cardinals, Bears, and Texans were worse than that. And then when you look at open percentage they allowed a, an open receiver wide receiver 42 percent of the time they're targeted again only the texans cardinals rams and bears were worse than that like they were a bad secondary and i'm not worried about them whatsoever in week one yeah i think the one concern i have is this point total is really low it's at 41 here for the 49 well they're, i don't think they're expecting a lot of offense in this one and i think 
I do like Deontay Johnson a lot more than George Pickens, but I looking at his ceiling is maybe like six for 60, which is okay. If you're in PPR, I, I don't mind it. I think there's maybe some better options here. If you're non PPR and half here, where I, I think Johnson is okay in that format, because I, I think Pickens might get Javarius Ward. That's a good size speed matchup on the outside. And you're right. They don't have really good depth at corner here. So I think it, Johnson's going to have to rely on them staying on the field. That's going to be the thing, right? Can Kenny Pickett continue some drives here against his defense, which was number one overall in scoring and yardage last year? So that's the thing. They're going to have to sustain some drives and stay on the field. And the 49ers come around and grind this to a limited possession game. And all of a sudden, there's no real time to put up some garbage points. So I'm worried more on the front end of this with Kenny Pickett and facing that pressure. They're not necessarily going to have their offensive line where they want it yet because of Dan Moore Jr. probably being out there left tackle. So I, I think that's my little bit of concern there that maybe the passing game is not going to come through overall for the Steelers. And I, I think that's reflected where I have uh, not only Deontay Johnson, but uh, George Pickens and Pat Freemuth, who we'll talk about in our last segment as well. Yeah, and we're going to get into more uh, possible flex plays here at the wide receiver position. And one guy we're super low on, hint, hint, he plays with Josh Allen. Uh, But before we get into segment two and get through those uh, great wide receiver flex plays, let's talk about the prize picks app. Prize picks is a skilled base, real money, daily fantasy sports game. How does it work? You pick two to six players, and if they go more or less than their prize picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. At Prize Picks, you aren't competing against any other people. It's just you versus the projections available instead of battling thousands of other players, including pros and sharks. Prize Picks adds a ton of excitement to the sports viewing experience. Players can choose from a vast selection of sports and stat types not offered anywhere else. They can even pick in game projections after a game has started, which includes halves, quarters, periods, and more. For example, at halftime of tonight's NFL uh, kickoff game, players can make a pick on Patrick Mahomes' passing yards for the second half. Go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that is prizepicks.com slash NFL and use NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, we have some differences here in our... Second segment here where we're talking about some later on wide receivers you can consider for the flex. You are personally high on Elijah Moore and Jacoby Myers. You're saying they're they're pretty good guys to throw in there for your flex. Talk through them because I am like completely out on them in week one. Yeah, there's actually very similar thinking on both of these guys. I'll say that. I mean, Amari Cooper's had an interesting history with Chidobi Uzier. They were both on the Cowboys. Uh, they are uh, kind of knowing each other well from uh, coverage, and he didn't have uh, very good success against him last year. So this is a game that he could disappear. And again, new toys are very important for some of these offenses where you're going to say, hey, we got this guy, we're going to show it. It's kind of like a little bit of a coaching and a quarterback motivation here. And Elijah Moore is that new top toy in Cleveland, and he's going to get the favorable matchup. I know Cam Taylor-Britt is pretty good, as well as uh, Mike Hilton, who they have. But when you look at their best corner, I think it's still Wouzier. He's savvy. You can stay with Amari Cooper well. And don't forget about David Njoku. So there's an easy 
pivot here for Deshaun Watson. He's going to look at the defense and say, look, this is a little bit easier in the middle of the field with Moore and Njoku. I'm not going to force it with uh, Amari Cooper on the outside where the Bengals have a strength here. So we've seen it, right, Michelle? Amari Cooper can disappear. There was a lot of great home and road splits where he was okay in Cleveland and sometimes would totally disappear. If he gets checked out of a game early, that's it for Amari Cooper. And I'm a little bit concerned there on that side I was still playing of course but that opens things up for Elijah Moore we saw that happen a lot with the pivot of Donovan Peoples-Jones last year when they erased uh, Omari Cooper so I feel like a similar scenario could happen there with Ouzier and let's not forget who's on the other side here for the Broncos in this Raiders matchup for Devonta Adams it's Pat Sertain too and they don't have a lot Elsewhere at corner, but you figure they're not going to force it necessarily. Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't pull the trigger as much if a guy is covered. So Jacoby Myers, we know he knows the offense inside out. It's Josh McDaniel's guy. Here, Jimmy Garoppolo knows this offense uh, as well from New England. So they're going to be on the same page. Hunter Renfro is being faded out. They don't really have a tight end that they can look at in this game that they rely upon yet. I think it'll be a while before we see Michael Mayer. So I think Jacoby Myers, I think he's been undervalued all the time. I think people look at Renfro still being a factor, but I think he faded a little bit. There's a reason they went out and got Myers. He plays the slot, just like Renfro, that you, they want him in this offense. So I think there's going to be volume. They're going to be playing from behind. A lot of cheap passes going to Jacoby Myers this week away from Devontae Adams. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just, like, I can't get yeah. on board with these two. I, you gave really good reasons, right? And I definitely can see the upside, especially with Elijah Moore. I would like just to see how he's used before plugging him in. I've fallen for this Elijah Moore train too many times now to feel okay about it. It's just my broken heart that is uh, making me cautious. Two guys I really like and I'm higher on than you are Michael Thomas and Brandon Cooks. L- Michael Thomas his whole entire issue is just staying healthy, right? But if you drafted him, you need to use him while he's healthy because you, you may get two games. So use him while he's actually out there playing. And when he is, he's really good. So he's only, he's played not many games over the last three seasons, honestly. But over his last seven games, he actually has played. He's average. Uh, well, I don't have his average actually, but he has 18 and a half points, 22 points, 17 points, 19 points, 19 points, and then a couple 10 point games. Like he's always good out there. Last year, he only played three games, 23 points, 19 points, 10 points, but that was the game he got hurt. He has an amazing matchup against the Titans. Like I, I think his ceiling is super high this week, and I think his floor is pretty safe as well. And then with Brandon Cooks, he's just a really good wide receiver, right? And we don't know what it's going to look like yet in this new offense with the Cowboys. So it's a little risky throwing him in, but we know for sure that he's super talented and he produces with any quarterback he plays with. This is going to be like his hundredth quarterback he's played with in the NFL at this point. And probably besides Drew Brees, one of his best ones. Right. So I, I, I think I'm willing to take that risk. It's in a good offense. He's a good player. If I, if I want to plug him in or if I need to plug him in, I feel good about that in my flex. Yeah, Michael Thomas, I thought you were going to say his average was zero because he's hardly on the field and that's what he puts up in most weeks because he's not played a lot in the last few years. So, yeah, that's mainly what his average has been is zero points per game. But I I get you. I I just don't feel it a lot this week. and I think there's something similar that I feel that could be going against both those guys. I think don't forget about the tight ends. I think Juwan Johnson, really good matchup against the Titans here this week. And also like Jake Ferguson, we're going to talk about a little bit about both those guys in our final segment, but 
I think you look at CeeDee Lamb and Chris Olave. They're going to dominate targets. So it's us figuring out the rest of the year where these other targets will fall. And I think you have a, one good point about Michael Thomas is they have to use him right now because Alvin Kamara is out. So they got to throw to someone out in the short area. So that could help Derek Carr here. But I'm not sure Derek Carr has been one guy that seems to lock in with a different guy each year. So I'm not sure who it's going to be other than Olave this year. So that's my little concern there. But Brandon Cooks, I really like this week as well. I'm just not sure between him and Ferguson and how things are going to play out behind CeeDee Lamb just in a game against the Giants' defense. So and that's the one thing. That's why I'm a little lower. But I would say both of your guys are definitely playable. I'm just going to look at them more as a flex this week than a wide receiver three. Yeah, I think that's fair. And another guy that we're considering, and it's definitely risky, it's Cortland Sutton of the Broncos uh, against the Raiders. And it all just comes down to he's like the last guy left, right? If all these players were healthy, we wouldn't even be considering starting Cortland Sutton. I don't know how to make you feel better about plugging him into your lineup, right? Like I have him ranked as a viable option to play, but I don't feel good about putting him in there. Are you with me? Are you nervous? Like, I can totally see where he could have 100 yards. He doesn't score a ton of touchdowns. And the Raiders are an iffy matchup. Sometimes they show up, sometimes they don't on defense. Yeah, now we're getting some reports, and this is also worrying me a little bit about John Dotson. All of a sudden, Jerry Judy and Terry McLaurin are healthy potential plays this week and i'm like what is going on here these guys were supposed to be ruled out and out and so we can feel better about these plays and now if jerry judy plays and uh, they really are serious that javonta williams is at full strength uh, is the volume going to be high here so i do like the idea of Corlin sutton i'm going to execute it if i need to <laughs> this week and, and go there as a wide receiver three or flex if i have some better options definitely going to pivot there uh, i think dotson we don't need to worry about it. He's going to be safe here. This matchup is fantastic against the Cardinals here this week. So I think I'm a little bit less worried about him getting cut into by McLaurin. And I think I still think Dotson can outscore McLaurin, but I'm not sure if Judy plays that Sutton will outscore Judy, if that makes any sense. Yeah, if Judy plays, I don't want I don't want to start Sutton. I'm not I actually would prefer Terry McLaurin to play for Dotson and for Sam Hall. I think it, he just makes the whole offense better. So I would prefer McLaurin to be out there for both of them. And with the Travis Kelsey possible injury, we're still waiting to hear if he's gonna play. It seems like he's gonna be a true game time decision. So we don't we won't know for sure for a while now. But are you considering Sky Moore? Right. He's second year wide receiver for the Chiefs. He didn't really do anything in his rookie year, but it seems like he took a huge step forward this offseason. He's going to be the slot, the main slot guy. Would you trust plugging him in in week one in a game where they might need to use him heavily? Yeah, I mean, it's hard to say. I might actually like him if Kelsey's out there because then it's maybe a decoy and you can open him up. But I think he's going to be okay based on volume. And really, the Chiefs. To help clear things up a little bit for us, they say they have two starting, I guess, every down wide receivers. And I, one of them is Marquez Valdez Scandling. Okay, he's a deep threat, so they need to have him out on the field. But the other is Sky Moore. But we've heard all about Rasheed Rice and Justin Ross and Justin Watson and all these guys that are the mix, Richie James. But these guys are all complementary guys. They drafted Sky Moore to be a key guy here following the loss to Tyreek Hill. So they love Sky Moore, and they want to get him involved in the offense. Remember, he had the big play in the Super Bowl. They don't win the Super Bowl without Sky Moore getting schemed open to make a score there. So 
They like him. It's kind of like the Gabe Davis effect. We'll get to Davis in a moment, but playing off the playoffs, what we saw last, the upside is there. It's year two, so no more of those rookie jitters that Andy Reid might have some issues with. So I think Sky Moore is a fine play. I think he'll end up being, in at least a PPR and half point, a very valuable wide receiver three most weeks rather than not. So this is a good time to try it here. They do have C.J. Gardner-Johnson, the line's acquired in the slot, but what I love about Sky Moore, you can line him up everywhere. They can move him around. So I'm not worried about all these other guys, Kadarius, Tony. Sky Moore's going to be out there getting the snaps, and he's going to get the routes and the targets necessary to put up numbers. And I think it starts tonight, and the game could be big. It could be just steady. But I think either way, you're getting a nice floor from tonight. Yeah, I completely agree. And then uh, on the opposite side, though, we're both fading Gabe Davis against the Jets this week. So I would rather take a chance on a guy like Sky Moore in my flex than go with Gabe Davis. Just a, a terrible matchup. I like Gabe Davis for this year in fantasy, and I'll, I'll be happy with him on my bench. But this is like the worst matchup he could possibly have for his skill set. The Jets secondary is just so good, and they don't allow downfield pass pass to be completed they allowed the fewest downfield passing yards last year that's 10 plus air yards and like that's Gabe Davis's entire role right he's the deep threat and almost all of his production came from downfield targets last year so I am off of Davis completely this week he scored just five and six fantasy points that's in full PPR in his two matchups against the Jets and they probably only gotten better this year so I'm staying far far away from Gabe Davis yeah, that's a really good call here, Michelle. And I think it makes a lot of sense. Also, because he's the outside guy, he has to be stuck outside. He's going to see Sauce Gardner, where Stefan Diggs can move around and they can get him off Sauce in this game. And the Jets might just sit back and say, We're taking away the big plays, making you drive down the field. That's kind of the style of their 49ers type of defense here. So good call there. My maybe a little controversial call, but I think you're with me on this one is Brandon Ayuk. I like the player. This is a player like I, I like most weeks, just like Gabe Davis, if the matchup isn't tough. But I think Patrick Peterson just is not getting enough love. I thought he played really well for the Vikings last year. He's 33 years old, but this guy's smart. He still has a lot of speed. And Michelle, I brought up on uh, the uh, website here that uh, there's an incident that they have in the past where Brandon Ayuk body slammed Patrick Peterson when one was on the 49ers and one was on the Cardinals, then he drew a penalty. So I think Patrick Peterson's going to have this in the back of his mind the last time they met on the field. This guy body slammed me. I'm going to shut him down and force them to go to other guys. So what I like about Debo Samuel and Deontay Johnson's matchup, they can move them around a little bit, but that's why I worried about the outside guys, George Pickens, Brandon Ayuk. It's going to be tough with some of the, because they're going to get the best corners on the field in this game. So yeah, I can't, Totally trust Brandon Ayuk in this one. I, I think with Debo healthy, this could be a grindy type game. Again, I'll go back to the point total being low. A lot of running, I think, you see from Christian McCaffrey. And I'm not sure Brock Purdy is going to be totally comfortable in this game to push anything downfield with TJ Watt and Cameron Hayward in that front, Alex Smith and company. So I, it's more the front end, but it's also a little bit of the back end here on the 49ers. Yeah, Brandon Ayuk is always someone that's not easy to trust in your lineup. It's very inconsistent fantasy scoring for him. I don't love this matchup, so I agree with you. If I don't have to start Brandon Ayuk, I don't I don't want to. I'd rather keep him on my bench for this week. Yeah, uh, and it's a little bit uh, aggressive maybe, but uh, again, this is why we're going to help you make these tough decisions, and we'll help you make some tough decisions at tight end, especially if you're trying to figure out 
Travis Kelsey doesn't play? What if Mark Andrews has a setback? Is George Kittle? This is okay. We'll we'll get to that. We'll table that discussion for a moment before we uh, help you manage all that. Before we do that, uh, we need to hire some good people for our fantasy football teams here to come through. And these days, every potential new hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be one hundred percent certain that you have access to the best qualified cans available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. It's very easy to uh, create a job. Then you add your job in the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools such as screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire so you can put together the right winning team for your small business, why small businesses at large rate LinkedIn Jobs number one delivering quality hires for leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. All right, Michelle, let's uh, get into our tight end rankings this week. And quite a bit to cover here. We're monitoring Travis Kelsey in the knee. Questionable. We'll see if he can go. Probably game time decision tonight. Mark Andrews seems okay. George Kittle less uh, likely to go here for the 49ers. Let's hope. But again, how are we going to navigate through these injuries and who are some other guys that we like this week? Yeah, and it does seem like Kittle right now is trending towards playing. So I, I feel like he'll be out there. He's a tough dude. He's going to stick it out. Yeah. It doesn't mean that he'll make it through the game, but yeah. I, I think he'll be out there and play. And the Steelers, just their inside linebackers have been a huge issue over the years. They did overhaul the inside linebackers, so we'll see if the, the additions they made matter. But George Kittle should have a nice game if he's out there. But Travis Kelsey, you know, if – He's active. You play him. I don't care. I don't care if he plays 10 snaps. <laughs> he could he could play 10 yeah. snaps and put up 100 yards and two touchdowns. So you're playing him. But uh, a guy that I would consider having, you know, I, I want on my bench to make sure I can throw in if I need to, right? Either if I need to have a replacement for Kelsey or I just don't have one of these top tight ends. I think Tyler Higby is one of the best plays this week. We both agree. I have him at tight end seven. You have him at tight end nine. But with Cooper Cup, missing at least week one there's really not many other options here for Matthew Stafford to target and he led Higby led the team last year in targets I mean it wasn't pretty but he did and the Seahawks uh, allowed the second most uh, fantasy points to the tight end position last year with Matthew Stafford there he's going to have more you know accurate targets to Higby and it's not going to be like a huge game, but I could definitely see him getting 10 targets, seven receptions, I don't know, 50 yards. It's not going to be beautiful, but he'll get that's it done. Correct. That's going to be in a nutshell for you. So, yeah. <laughs> not beautiful, but serviceable. And that you'll take that maybe this week. So, um, yeah, it's a good call on that. Uh, Hunter Henry, a guy that you've been talking up, I like quite a bit this week as well. I mean, partly because the matchup. And on the other side, I love Dallas Goddard because they're going to maybe contain. A.J. Brown on the outside, and that's really helped Dallas Goddard. But I don't see Juju Smith-Schuster getting free here. you got some very good corners and Darius Slay and uh, James Bradbury. So there's no shot that these receivers for the Patriots on the outside are going to do anything. I know Bill O'Brien's there, and he loves Mike Kosecki, but Hunter Henry is really the tight end one in New England. He's the better player. He has the better connection with Mac Jones. I think you'll see that. So Hunter Henry may be underrated all draft season. Now he's actually viable – this week and uh, I'll throw it back to you in a second Michelle but I'm gonna bring up your guy 
I'm starting to see a little bit with Jake Ferguson. I'm at 12. You have at to 14. So actually, I'm ahead of you this week. Uh, I'll let you talk of Jake Ferguson because you've liked him all offseason long. Yeah, the thing with Jake Ferguson, I have him at 14, but I do think he's a viable option, right? I, I know I have him ranked lower, but he could and higher. I just... We don't know what his uses is going to be. I can say they're saying he's going to have the Dalton Schultz role, and that has been very useful for fantasy. But this is kind of like if Kelsey misses, will Noah Gray just come in and have the Travis Kelsey role? We don't know. But the the difference between these two situations is that Dalton Schultz wasn't like a super, super talented tight end like a Kelsey, right? He was just a, a guy that got an opportunity and the role in this offense with Dak Prescott. And Dak Prescott has loved to target his tight ends his entire career. I'm not worried about this Giants defense whatsoever. I do think there it's not going to be a super high scoring game, but there's going to be points to go around. And Jake Ferguson could definitely be the guy that's Dak Prescott's favorite target when he gets close to the end zone. So I, I'm happy to throw him in if I need a tight end this week with some upside. But again, realize the risk. We don't know for sure what his role is going to look like, especially now that Brandon Cooks is there. Michael Gallup is healthy. So it's a risk, but all of these tight ends are risks, right? So at least yeah. Ferguson gives you upside. Yeah, I, I like that uh, call just because of the situation. Now we'll see. Hopefully there's enough balls to go around for him. CeeDee Lamb and Brandon Cooks in this matchup, and everyone could be happy about those uh, starts this week. Now, you mentioned you like Michael Thomas. I'm going to say I like Juwan Johnson a little bit more. I think he's been underrated as well through the whole process. I know Taysom Hill is still there, but he's not really a tight end. I know they also have Foster Burrow, who's followed uh, Derek Carr from the Raiders, so maybe an option at some point, but he's recovering from an offseason health issue. So he's not going to be out there at first, but Juwan Johnson, the Titans, not very good in coverage against the tight end, so that's helpful here for this matchup, and I think it also plays well with the Giants matchup. They struggle against the tight end. They're riddled the pack, so Jake Ferguson can exploit that. So I think their coverage is a little bit similar that we get, the similar kind of uh, philosophies there with the Giants and Titans. So I think that's going to be conducive for the tight end. Uh, now, a couple guys were down on this week. Um, Evan Ingram and Pat Freemuth. I, I could be just not enthused by Evan Ingram or Pat Freemuth for most of the weeks here. Again, they're not exciting plays, period. I think they're matchup-based, but Man, I just don't see them being needed all that much or the matchups not being great. So both not going in their favor this week. Yeah, especially Pat Fryermuth. He has such a hard matchup against the 49ers. No team has allowed fewer fantasy points to the tight end position since the 49ers drafted Fred Warner in the 2018 NFL draft. Like Fred Warner, their inside linebacker, he shuts down tight ends. And Pat Fryermuth has just been very meh for fantasy over his two years in the NFL. He did not record more than 15 PPR points in any single game last year. So his ceiling's just not high enough. And then in this matchup, his floor is way too low and risky for me to feel comfortable plugging him in. And Evan Ingram is just a guy I haven't been super high on for this year. He He's going to have some big games. I just think figuring out which games are the big ones is going to be the hard thing to do. And I would just love to see how this offense works with Calvin Ridley before trusting Evan Ingram. And we brought up, like, against the Colts, are they really going to have to throw all that much? So this is a game I'm thrilled to plug him in this week. Yeah, and both these guys actually might be very touchdown dependent as the season goes along. And that's part of this position. We know that a lot of these guys are just coming down to, can they get in the end zone? And they cash in. If they don't, then it's a pretty underwhelming performance now. 
We're going to have a fun question here to look at our final tight end rankings near the bottom here. Now, which rookie would you roll the dice on, Michelle? I'm going to give you a choice of three here. Sam Laporta of the Lions tonight against the Chiefs. Don Kincaid waiting for primetime there on Monday night against the Jets. Or Luke Musgrave against the Bears. If you had to play one of these guys, where are you going this week and and Michael Mayer is not an option, so you can't go there. <laughs> I mean, right now with both Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs dealing with a hamstring injury, who knows if they're going to play in week one. And at that point, then Luke Musgrave becomes like a necessity, right? I mean, I don't know who Jordan Love is going to target. I mean, it kind of, Jaden Reed, the rookie, and Luke Musgrave, a rookie. I guess a lot of Aaron Jones, maybe, and A.J. Dillon. I think all three of these guys are interesting um, if I had to roll the dice with one, it would probably be Luke Musgrave. I'm going to go in a different direction. You'd think I'm going to say Sam Laporta, but I just don't know what his role is going to be initially. I think Dalton Kincaid is going to have to have a big role. Again, speaking of shiny new toys, if Gabe Davis is a little bit bottled up, middle of the field, if they use him as a slot and try to scheme him open a little bit, he's a new weapon. He could give the Jets some matchup problems, and that's someone you look at. So I'd be willing in this particular matchup. I'm not going to like Dalton Kincaid a lot of weeks, but just the way things are lining up with these corners, and they got to get someone going here for Josh Allen. So I don't mind Laporta if you're really desperate here, but I think these two guys have a little bit bigger upside based on the situations and the matchups this week. So uh, I, I think overall, I think all three of these guys could be really good down the line. Yeah, me too. And I mean, they're rookie tight ends, right? So I prefer to wait and see their usage before plugging them in. But I'm very happy to have any of these guys on my bench for the season. And maybe once we get, you know, more towards the middle of the season, we'll feel better about plugging them in every week. Absolutely. So I think that covered a lot, Michelle. So you should be good here on wide receiver tight ends. Now, we're going to look at some things with DFS tomorrow. So we'll look at that, prices and recommendations we have across the board if you're playing daily fantasy version of this game. So a lot of good stuff there to close out the week and any updates you need to know as well. So kind of a catch-all there for you. And uh, thanks for making Lockdown Fantasy Football your first listen every day. We're your destination. Become the smartest fantasy football player in the league. Part of Lockdown Network, your team every day, your fantasy football team every day, every week. will help you dominate here throughout the season. For Lockdown Fantasy Football, this has been Vidi Iyer. And I'm Michelle Majuk. Bye, y'all.